Hi, welcome. Thanks for listening to Podcast Stories by Amber. I'm Amber Hoja, and this is my first ever podcast. I've been wanting to have the opportunity to tell other people's stories for a while now. I set it for one of my New Year's micro resolutions in January, and a friend and yoga teacher of mine, uh, Eliza Pierce, does meditations on Anchor, and she was telling me how easy it is, so I figured I would give it a try. Um, And I hope you enjoy my stories, and please have patience with me as this is my first time ever doing this. I'm just going to jump right into it. I couldn't have anyone better than my Uncle Teddy to be the one to be interviewing today. Uh, I've always wanted to ask him some of these questions, and I've always been curious about his upbringing as a commercial fisherman and Maine Islander. Hello. How are you, Uncle Teddy? I'm fine, thank you. (laughs) Okay. So let's just jump right into it. Where is Cliff Island? It's uh, to the east of Portland, about nine miles. And um, it's an island off the coast of Portland. And what are the other islands around it? Well, Jules Island is outside of it. And the inside was Hope Island, Shebeg, Long Island, uh, Diamond Islands, Peaks Island on the way up. Nice. So it's close, to close to Portland. Um, and were you born there? What year were you born? I was born, born uh, 1940. I was born, but I was born in Portland in the city hospital. Mm-hmm. And what we were living on the island at the time. My mother and father were living on on the island at the time. So. And you said you, you lived your first 40 or 30 or 40 years. Yeah. So yeah. from 19... 19- 40 to 1970 kind of off and on yeah on cliff island yeah when i was when i was 12 we moved off the island for three years and then we moved back okay um what was education like on cliff island growing up as a boy well it was it was a one-room schoolhouse one teacher teaching eight grades and uh, uh, how many kids were in a class well there was quite a lot of kids there when i was i think i had around eight to 12 maybe in my class. At that time, there was probably 40 some odd kids in school. But there's been times when there's only been three kids in school down there since the school wow. has been there. And it's still, and it's still there. Depending on how many kids live yeah, on the island right. at that given time. Yeah, right. when I was a kid growing up, there was a lot of kids. You know, a yeah, lot, there were a lot, a lot of, of kids families. when yeah. you were growing up. How many siblings did you have? I had uh, five brothers and three sisters. But not, they, we all didn't live the home on the island at that time. It was more, my older sisters and brothers were married, and, and you know they, they married uh, before I was even born, some of them. Oh, but your brothers were close to you in age. Yeah, I, had, uh, I had actually, I had uh, uh, four brothers and a sister and myself. That, mm-hmm. you know, four brothers and a sister living to all the home at one time. Yeah. Living on Cliff Island, growing up on Cliff Island. Yeah. What did you guys do as kids on Cliff Island when school wasn't in session? Well... To keep busy, because you didn't have, like, social media or video games or... Most of us Did you have TV? Like, what did you do? No, we didn't have no TV. (laughs) When I was a a kid, we didn't have TV. We had radio you could listen to. Only in that was battery operate battery run so i mean you could only they we were only allowed to listen to so many programs in the evening and uh 
so the batteries you know stay out. So it what was, would you do for work then? We went lobstering and seining, you know, sardining, and digging clams. Uh, there was always plenty of work to do, and uh, I went to work uh, when I was about eight, nine years old with my uncle, and uh, that was lobstering. But back in those days, we only run. He only had about a hundred and maybe a hundred and sixty traps off. We'd be back. Is that a the, lot of traps? No, not uh. compared to today. Today they run, you know, seven, seven hundred, six, seven hundred traps. Oh my gosh! And uh, and uh, how do they fit them all on the boat? Well, you don't put them all on at once. You put you only take so many off and set them, and you oh. and you leave them. You know. You, yeah. Yeah. Uh, go in like groups but we'd be back on the morning again at nine o'clock we'd go over then we'd go over and play baseball or go swimming do whatever we wanted mm -hmm. and then in the winter time we did a lot of sliding and skating and that stuff mm -hmm. and would you guys all hang like in a group was there a big group of well, island kids that would oh, just yeah. hang together We're, most of us was all relatives related and yeah. cousins uh -huh. and uh, yeah we we all played together and had good times. Fought once in a while, but yeah. being, that was just an everyday occurrence. Yeah. You know, they somebody would get mad and punch them in the nose. Oh, no. <laughs> and how did, because I know nowadays it's so different where, like, the parents really have to keep a close eye on their kids. They never leave their kids alone, usually. On now, the island, did your mom, like, follow you guys around, or was she doing her own thing? The only worries they had down on the island is somebody falling overboard and drowning or something if they didn't know how to swim. No, you didn't have to worry about anybody on the island. They never had any locks on the doors. They took and uh, come and went as they please. I mean, I'd go in my in somebody else's house like I'd be going in my own, and they'd do the same at my at our house. Oh, yeah. that sounds nice yeah. to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. It was like one big happy family. <laughs> ah, that sounds like Well, fun. most of them was all related anyway, you know, yeah. cousins. Yeah, so everyone was pretty close anyways. Yeah. If they weren't if, related, if, they were still close. If my cousins, and they, they was going to have something that I liked for supper that, that night, I'd go to their house, or if we was having something that they liked, they'd come to our house. Ah, <laughs> nice. So um, when you lived on the island as a boy, what what happened with the weather, like in the winter, or if there was like a big storm or something? Um, how did everyone stay safe? Well, it was about, in the winter and stuff. Did you guys have like a wood stove? Did you lose electricity? How did you keep warm? We didn't have no electricity at first, the first few years of my life, and uh, but we had uh, kerosene lamps, burnt wood fire. You know, some people, if you were lucky, they had a coal stove so they could burn coal as well as wood. We didn't. We burned all wood. And most of the time, for getting the wood, you had to go around to the islands and rolling around in the punt to, to uh, gather up driftwood and stuff to bring home and then bring it up and bucket up with saw and, and lug it in for firewood. You let the fires go out at night. You had to lug your water from a well and... A lot of times I'd get up in the morning because you let the fires go out and you get up in the morning and you'd have to bust the ice in the pail of water to get a drink of water. Oh, my gosh. In the indoors. So Was I mean, there running water? 
No, we didn't have no running water. Well, well water. We had to lug so the water from the well. So if you had to go to the bathroom in the middle, middle of the night? We had outhouses. Oh. Yeah, you went out to cold. the outhouse. Yeah. That's cold. Yeah. Interesting. Was there any, like, big storms that you remember living out there and, like... Yeah, I can remember storms. I can remember one storm, and I believe it was, like, 1948 when it, it was about three, four feet of snow, and the snow, one snow plow, one truck on the island did the plow, and my older brother and my cousin, uh, they were work, they worked on the roads. My cousin owned, you know, was the uh, foreman for the city of Portland on the island. Uh-huh. And he used to do the plowing, and, and my brother, my oldest brother, went with him, and a, and another man that lived on the island, Elliot Cushion, he was with him. And I can remember one time being over their houses, they broke chains, they had chains on the truck, and they was over there in Elliot's house in the kitchen floor putting chains t- together so they could get back plowing again. <laughs> they broke down, broke the, oh. plant, the chains off the, off the truck. And they they uh, couldn't get all the roads. Was there a by. lot of roads on Cliff Island when you were younger? Oh, there's about let me see one two about three miles of road all okay you know, to go to different parts of the island. Did people have cars or did they? But the island was only like two miles long, so right. But yeah. did people have cars there? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I had a car on the island. As a matter of fact, oh, when okay. I was a teenager. Uh, they don't need more today. Today, I don't think. I think it's all, uh, all uh, uh, golf carts and that they use. Oh, I see. But when yeah. I, but when I was living there, the people had cars. So one fire truck, all volunteer fire department. Yeah. And the church. Yeah. And uh, like a general store. General store, yeah. Post uh, office. Post office. Uh, was there a restaurant? No restaurant. No, not unless no. maybe in the summertime they at the at the store they might have had a had a place where you could get snacks or something, sandwiches or something. Mm-hmm. But, so, what is your earliest memory of fishing? I was about four years old. My father was saying in you know Jules Island Harbor, and I remember going over and and throwing salt on the sands because it was all cotton twine at the time, and I'd throw. You know, they had to overhaul the gear and keep it brined so that it wouldn't rot. And Oh, so the net that you would use to catch yeah. it? Yeah. And uh, I've had, you know, throwing salt on it to brine it, you know, to keep it and to keep the growth off. If you if you used it, you had to keep changing your pocket, taking them up too. If you had pocket out with fish in them, you had to take and haul it up once in a while, set another one out around, take it up so you could get the all the growth off of it. So, and you were four? I was about four. With your dad? Yeah. yeah. And you were fishing for sardines? Yeah. So do you get them like in a big net? When you took them out, you did. You dipped them with the, with the net. But uh, it was... Uh, uh, Where do they live? They like swim? They're not like clams no, like in the dirt. You, they come in in the tide in the night, in the night and you shut, uh, stop sand is what they call it. And they shut the coves off. And then you'd make a pocket and run them into a pocket, the um, same that was made into a pocket square, and you'd run them into it, and then they'd have them, and then they'd come down. You'd have to press them up in the press sane to press them up to have them pump the board to carriers. Oh, and then you'd go to like a fish person. At that time, there was a lot of there was a lot of 
factories in Portland. There's about five, four or five factories, sardine factories in Portland itself, between Portland oh. and South Portland. And that was big business back in them days. I mean, you were four years old. Yeah, well, I went your after first, that too. But I your first going, memory of that yeah, was four years yeah, old. About, did your dad pay you? No. Well, he was just a, like, yeah, do what I said. My, he gave me my nickel for candy and stuff, but it was something uh, <laughs> that I wanted to do, being, yeah. you know, being with him. Yeah. yeah. Did your other brothers but, go? Or was all, it just... all, no, all, everybody on the island was did the same thing, you know, worked with the, with the dads and stuff. But, and so your dad fished? And, yeah, my father, my grandfather. I can remember one time. Are they the ones who taught you how to fish? Yes, them, well, everybody. I mean, I learned a lot on my own as well once I started going on my own. Uh-huh. But yeah, to start with, it was my father and my uncle. I went lobstering with him. But I also went tub trawling. Uh, and uh, and uh, I can remember being down the fish house when I was little one time. I was probably four or five years old then when, when my father was tub trawling. <clears throat> my grandfather was there. What's was, that? What's tub trawling? Well, it's like long line, and it's the lines with all the hooks on it. You know, 600 hooks to a tub, a tub a year. Okay. And, uh, and, and what are you fishing for? Ground fish, you know, haddock, pollock, cod, uh, anything, eight, cask. Oh, yeah, okay. And I used to catch a lot of cask and haddock and cod and that. But So it would know. be a line that had a bunch of yeah, hooks on it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but we used to bait up on mussels too. We'd go around and have to get the mussels and pick them all off and shock them, shock the mussels out to put on the hooks. Wow. And I can remember as a kid the mussels would be opened up a lot of times, you know. And I'd poke my finger in, and before they could close, snap down on my finger, I'd haul my finger out. Well, I can remember one time my grandfather told me, "You're going to get caught one of these times, boy. You're going to get caught." And I just laughed and I poked my finger. And sure enough, he clamped down on my finger. Oh. <laughs> that tickled everybody. <laughs> How'd they get it off? <laughs> they had to bust it to get it off. <laughs> oh, shock it. I can't remember now. Uh. <laughs> but it hurt. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I can remember one other time when I was lobstering with my uncle, too. Uh, my cousin, which was his boy. He was a couple years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he took in, uh, uh, I was plugging lobsters at that time. He used to have plugs to put in to close the claws and the wooden plugs to plug them mm-hmm. to keep them so they couldn't bite you. And today they used, you know, rubber bands. But back then, we'd plug in my finger, my thumb slipped off and went in the crusher claw and bit my thumb. And my uncle, I was hollering blatting, and my uncle kept throwing soda in my face. <laughs> thinking I was going to faint, pass out, I guess. Oh. <laughs> but but uh, uh, finally, he had to bust the claw off, which he didn't want to do. Oh, because he didn't yeah, want to lose that. Want, yeah, because you lose that much weight. Yeah. <laughs> the lobster made him a, made uh, him a cull. And did he consider didn't get it? so much for him. Yeah. But at that time, there was probably only like 20 cents a pound, too. Oh, my god. <laughs> Today, they get, you know, 6 $7 a pound from this time of year in the mm-hmm. winter. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I've gone and I had rode around to traps too when I had like fifteen traps off when I was a kid, and I'd row around to them hauling them single traps, single mm-hmm. walks, and, and uh, went, I think that's what we was getting like either eighteen cents or, or twenty cents a pound for them. Wow, and you you told me before a story about um, clamming. Yeah. I think with there your mom a, and your brothers or something yeah, there was when you a were lot, a little boy. There were a lot of clams around then. There would be like three layers deep, you know, and, and they'd go up because you always, 
barrels Where would clams. you go for clams? Uh, on the, on the, the island. Up on the mudflats in the island, yeah, uh-huh. around different, different mudflats. So they, well, all of them, they had clams in all the, every way you went, you could dig clams. There were so many of them, plentiful. And uh, my mother used to set up the edge of the bank and shock while my father dug and I used to dig too, but I didn't dig that many. But I mean, I could dig two or three barrels of clams, which was clam barrels. It was, you know, two and a half bushels to a clam barrel, I think, something like that. Uh, maybe three bushels. What's a uh, bushel? Uh, bushel like a- basket. You've never seen a bushel basket? No. What's a peck? A peck. Is it- is, it'd be four bushels to a, uh, four pecks to a bushel. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So like a peck's like a peck two clams. gallons peck or something. Clams is what sixteen pounds, something oh, okay. like fifteen, fifteen yeah. pounds. Yeah. So it'd be four, four pecks, pecks to a bushel. Is a bushel. And, and three. So bushels. that's a lot. Yeah, and there'd be about four three bushels. bushels to the barrel. Uh, it's actually a, a, a fifty-five gallon drum is uh, five bushels to it. But uh, for the clam barrels, they were a little smaller. It was about three, I think, three bushels to a barrel. And uh, they'd be lined up on the docks everywhere on the, every island where they used to go years ago, and they'd send them to town that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, there'd be hundreds of barrels all lined up the docks that they'd bring to town on the steamboats to sell. And those and, were closed ones. You didn't shock them. No, no, that was all you know, just clams themselves. Yeah, it wasn't shocked. But my mother used to sit up on the bank and, and shock clams while my, while my father was digging, and they would. Uh, he would um, uh, shock them and, and clean them and squeeze their bellies and used to put them in canning jars, which would hold a quart, quart canning jars, and she'd sell them on the way home, a lot of them to the people on the island that wanted them. They didn't go clamming, you know. Yeah. And she'd sell them for 20 cents a quart, shocked, wow. and, shocked and squeezed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a good deal. Yeah. So did you ever, um, where did you fish out of? Probably lots of different places, right? Yeah, yeah. the whole whole length, the coast of Maine anyway. And I fished, you know, wested as far as New Bedford. uh, But mostly the Gulf of Maine. Mm -hmm. Did you ever own a boat? Oh yeah, I've owned a or couple. Or multiple boats? Yeah, two or three. I've had punting outboards to start with and rode around to start with and punt. Skiff, whatever you want to call it. I always called them punts, but places they call them skiffs. Is that like a dinghy? Yeah, same okay. thing. Yeah. And, uh, and that's when you were younger. Yeah. You'd just go around on one yeah. of those. I had punting outboard after that. Yeah. Then I went and had a Novi boat, and I had, I had a you know forty-two foot Novi, and then I had a. Uh, what were the names of your boats? Do you uh, get to name your boat whatever um, you want? Uh, yeah, I, the the first one we had. I had I was partners with my father-in-law. And it was a was a Bella Verde, and uh, was the name of it. And then the second one was the Emily and Lucinda. That was a fiberglass. Uh huh. Bruno and Stillman, forty-two foot. And I went uh, tub trawling and gillnetting and that and scalloping. And uh, that was that was the last boat that I had. So. I'm curious to know if you're a fisherman back in the day, before phones and navigation systems and computers, how did you know where you were going when you were fishing? Well, you learn all that stuff. You know, compass. When I first started, the only thing I had was a compass and a, and a 
clock to go by and, and chats, but you uh, took a course off from a chat to go where you wanted to go, and you run your course on your compass and your time on how, depending on how fast you went and stuff, and, and the tide. And a lot of times, you know, you would, <clears throat> when you sounded, I started sounding with a sounding lead when you had to haul it by hand, and just a lead weight with a, with a hollowed out in the bottom of it, and you put grease in it to, to uh, so when it hit bottom, you could haul it up, you could tell whether it was gravelly bottom or what kind of bottom it was, uh, by it would stick to the gravel, would stick to the the grease that was in the bottom of it. And that would help tell and you where you were? That would tell you you was on good bottom if it was, you know, a lot of times you'd get blisters, what they call blisters. How do you haul rope. it up fast enough if you're that deep well, out in the water? You just hauled it, that's all. You uh-huh. stopped when you sound, you'd stop and sound and haul it in. Uh-huh. And, and a lot of times, you know, and what you type of dirt fathoms. meant that you were closer? What? What type of dirt meant. Well, good gravelly bottom or blistery, what they call blistery bottom, you get a blister come back on it. In the, What's in that? The, it's a, just a little, like a growth that grows on the hard bottom, uh-huh. and it would be full of full of uh, water and stuff, you know, like a blister. Uh-huh. It'd be like a blister. Yeah, that's what they call them, blisters. But you could tell if it was mud. Did you mostly just go for a day then? Because you wouldn't want to go overnight. No, that's usually when we went. You'd go and get set out before dark, and, uh-huh. and, and uh, a lot of times, sometimes you would leave them overnight, uh-huh. depending on what type of fishing you was going or where you were. Uh, you know, if I was halibut, and you'd go set you again, leave it, leave it overnight, and then haul the next day. But uh, other times, you'd just set. Times you got all the gear set out, you'd run back to the first end that you started and start hauling. So, I mean, How did you not in, get lost, though? Just because you had a compass in that. Oh. You knew which way you was going. I mean, you had charts. Because if you went far enough out, there wouldn't be any, like, markers, really. No, no. You, you get out, you can't see nothing. I mean, it's right. just like, you know, being out in the middle of the ocean somewhere, but you know where you're going because you got the charts. You had to believe in your in your navigation. You know, you had so, to believe in your compass and all that. Were there fishermen back in the day who were like bad navigators and got lost oh, yeah. a lot? Oh, or yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like fishermen lost at sea. Well, Is that where not, that comes from? Maybe not get lost, but in bad weather they get lost. Mm. You know, oh, because it would not, like push the boat get, out of the way. You didn't get such good weather reports and stuff. You didn't have any weather reports. You had to make your own weather. How do you do you that? Know, well, you had to hope that you had good weather when you went, hoping that you're, you're going to have a couple of good days to go to go fishing. If you got off, how there, did you know if a couple of good days of weather? You was don't, coming? not really. Uh. I mean, you know, just by what you learn from learning the weather like i just see a sun dog this morning so i know there's some bad weather coming what's a sun dog it's a well it's where the sun shines through a cloud the sun may be over here but there's a cloud up there and it's a glow of of uh, like a bright sun behind it's hard to explain i could show if i could show it to all you all right a sun you dog know, yeah and they okay. call them sun dogs so you think there's and bad weather coming the weather. because there's bad weather coming and there is dog. Like I saw one this morning, we got bad weather coming tomorrow night. Okay, so it's just something that you innately learn as a kid growing up in the wilderness like that. Um, Did you ever get lost? No, but I've been bewildered for a few days. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) So you've never gotten lost at sea? This is the same like getting up in the woods in the the northern part of the state or something. You... uh, 
you may you may not get lost as I'm back here. You know, you you uh, might be so that you didn't know where you was for a little while, but you found so your you way. So you have been lost yeah. for a little bit on oh, a boat, yeah. but you found no, your way the back. Boat I haven't. I'm oh, never on the boat. In the woods, I've been turned around before, and you know because of snowstorm hunting when I've been hunting and uh, have a snowstorm come up and snow hide and get turned around, uh, you know. Yeah. But you. <laughs> You finally figure it out. You know, yeah. you might get in a high pot, you know, a mountain somewhere where you can look up and tell where you was. Oh, my gosh. You know, or hear so, a train whistle in the woods, you know, so you knew which direction the train tracks were. Yeah. You know, when you get hunting, you know, when you get hunting, and I followed a set of tracks one time for 20 miles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh, I finally, I run into a train. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You were following the train tracks. Ha, ha, ha. Good one. All right, so back to the ocean, lighthouses. Yeah. Did you yeah. know all the lighthouses, and did they ever... I knew all the ones that, that was uh, I was around, you know, like Portland Headlight, right. Halfway Rock, and you, you knew them because you'd seen them Did you use them, them? You actually used oh, yeah, them to sure. avoid crashing into the rocks? Well, yeah, you stop and listen to them. A lot of times you have to go by sound. I didn't have radar and that kind of stuff when I started. Yeah. You'd be thick of fog. You'd have to, a lot of times, uh, slow down, shut down so you could listen and hear the, and you could hear the uh, uh, fog horns blowing and that. Uh, and still but what would the fog horns Say. They, they would blow, no, just blow horn, the horn would blow, and you you, you could distinguish there were so many horn, um, so many, you know, it blow so many times that uh, uh, I can't remember what they were now. Like And it meant, like, where you, you were? you knew where you was. You knew oh. what, what lighthouse it was by the what it was blowing. By the, by the noise it made, yeah, you'd be right. like, oh, that's yeah. that headlight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But you knew pretty much in it because you knew where you was. And you always sounded, if he was coming in, you'd sound to know when he was making shoal water, if it was thick of fog or something, so you wouldn't run ashore. If it, you, once you get into 10 fathom, you slowed down, took your, took your, excuse me, took your time so that you wouldn't run ashore. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wasn't sure or where you was. A lot of times... You do know, you think fishermen, because I know you're retired now, but do you think that fishermen... Um, in Portland, do they still use those lighthouses and the oh, fog yeah, noises? Oh, sure they do. Yeah, that's why they they, they have radar have and stuff now yeah, on their boats. Yeah, yeah. but right. they still use them to somewhat. Yeah, uh, mostly by in the nighttime with the light staring. You know, a lot or of if times there's they, really yeah, bad weather yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, I have one. I want to do this as a two-part interview. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you the rest of the questions. Maybe in a week or so we'll get together because okay. yeah. I have a whole bunch more questions. But I want to ask you one more silly question that I have <laughs> that you might consider silly. But um, I was wondering, have your when you were out on a fishing trip, has your boat ever been circled by sharks like on Jaws and were you scared for your life? <laughs> I never was scared for my life. I say I never was scared for my life. I can remember one time that uh, I was fishing with my father-in-law and we left Portland and, and I he had the first watch going off. What's this, that? First steering. He did took uh, the oh, first, he had first to hour steer two for the first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Took the first watch, and, and so me and, and uh, another guy, we just turned in. To We'd sleep. turn in, he'd call us when it would come our watch to go up and take the wheel. Oh, okay. And uh, next thing I know, he's telling you guys better get up. This was you know, about 
zero weather in the wintertime. Oh, it was cold. And I jumped out of the bunk, went chalk to my knees in water. I, oh, I thought, I thought we was going to sink. Well, we was sinking, really. Oh, my God. What happened? And uh, when I come on deck, well, I grabbed the, the pump to pump her out. And when I got on deck, I looked up and there's the light ship. It was laying alongside of the light ship. And... Uh, he knew it was, you know. What's the what's the light ship? Well, it had it's like the, uh, like the having the uh, lighthouses. It was a ship that was off there. The Portland Light Ship was a Coast Guard ship that uh, they lived aboard. There's people aboard there for uh, navigation. That yeah. Was a navigational ship. It never moved. It was on anchor. So wait, you ran into it? No, we laid and laying alongside of it in the lee of it, oh. and we was going off. We was just leaving Portland to go oh. off the Gulf. Oh, I see. So you were going uh, right. You were driving by it. Yeah. And okay. That's, um, then my, that was when my father, uh, he laid alongside the ship. We banged onto the ship with oars and everything, trying to get the the guys aboard the to coast guard to you know to let them know we was there that we was in trouble. Which they never come to the rail. <laughs> they uh, didn't hear us, evidently, or anything. And but we pumped it out. We found out where the leak was. It was because of we had there was a wooden boat and she leaked a lot anyway. When we was running and it used to leak up in through the rudder port where the rudder What's was. What's a rudder port? The where they used the rudder that steers the boat. There was uh-huh. a, a sleeve like in the water when you were steaming, the water would run up in over it yeah. and run into the bilge and fill up but we had automatic bilge pumps aboard that the, used to when you was running the batteries would run the pumps to keep it pumped out all the time it needed to be pumped the battery would pump it you know as long as the, the boat was running the engine the batteries would stay up because of the alternator keeping the oh and so the pump stopped pump. working yeah. yeah and the pump hadn't been working and it was half full of water when we left and never noticed it you know uh. and when you got going all that Water, extra water that was coming in. There was a ground wire that had off from the, one of the off from the pump that we had, and we found that and hooked it back up. Then it worked. So then we kept on going. We went fishing. Oh, and you went fishing. <laughs> yeah, we still went fishing. Oh my gosh, yeah. you got yeah. all the water out and said, "Let's go yeah. anyways. Let's not waste yeah. a day." I forget what the question was. Now you were asking. <laughs> That's a good one, though. Yeah. Were you ever like worried about sinking? That's no. one of my questions. Not um, really. But, but sharks, the, what about like uh, finding no, a bunch of sharks? No. I used to go swimming off the boat offshore a lot of times, even they'd be. You, you were know, never scared of a no, shark eating no, you? No. Did you no. see sharks? Oh, yeah. A lot, especially if you was hauling, if you was hauling trawls, a lot of times in the nighttime they'd come out and bite your line off. You couldn't haul in the night. Oh, the trawls is all the fish? Yeah, they'd bite the trawl off and you'd yeah. lose gear and lose fish. So, you know, a lot of times you couldn't haul in the night. Had to wait till daytime. They wouldn't come up. Because that's when they would eat. Uh, Oh yeah, cool. Well, thank you for answering my questions. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate it. And we'll do part two at another time. I'm going to ask him in part two about fishing in Portland, being a fisherman, and old port Portland establishments and. if he has any cities stores. changed, yes, and I want to hear about your opinions of yeah. what it was like back then. And I in the can't time. imagine how much it had changed from my father's and my grandfather's time. Yeah, they used to go. My grandfather used to go when the when they had had to sail, and my father did too. My father went vessel fishing when they went. 
you know, sword fishing with the uh-huh. schooners and stuff and, and fished out of the Midori. So that was with no... Yeah. But I and... held trawls out of Midori, too. Matter of fact, I probably was the last man out of, out of uh, Maine or out of Portland, at least, that, that ever hauled trawls out of Midori. What does that mean in normal yeah. language? Well, What's... instead of hauling it out of the hauling in the boat, hauling tub trawls. Yeah. I was in a dory. Out of a dory. Doing What's it. a dory? A dory is a smaller boat that they yeah. put off from the vessels to take. Like a go. dinghy. Yeah. Uh huh. With oars. Yeah. Yeah. No oars engine. And a sail. A sail in it too. We had a sail in it, but uh, Just that's how they wanna? used to go years ago when they had the vessels. Mm-hmm. They would put them off in dories and they'd set out three tubs to a. To a dory, one guy, one guy to a dory, uh-huh. and they would set off, set off. Sometimes there was two to a dory, and they'd uh-huh. fish five tubs. But they'd set them out by hand, drift them out, and then they'd haul, and then they'd sail back to the vessel and unload, unload oh. what fish they had in the dory. And uh, but I didn't have to do that. I hauled trawls in the dory, but uh, when I got hauled two tubs, my father-in-law he'd run down four tubs to a middle boy. And I'd haul two towards him while he was hauling two more towards me. And we'd meet up in the middle and I'd unload and we'd do it again. We could haul twice as fast. Wow. I'd haul in the Did you have like microphones to yell to each other? How'd you communicate? Well, if you needed, if you needed him, just stick a door, you stick a dory or up in the air, maybe with your oil jacket on it. Oh, to send a signal. Yeah. Yeah. You know that you needed to be lightened. Yeah. Lightened. Okay. Yeah. Cool. fish. Well, thank you. This was fun. And yeah. we're going to revisit this. I have more questions for you next time. Yeah. Okay. I've got plenty of them. All right. We're going to get them all. Not all of yeah. them, but we'll get some of them. Yeah.